Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ariana, welcome to Do Did Will, the Story of People podcast. How are you? Good. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to get into this. <laughs> this, for me, uh, is, a, is a new venture, so I'm... I'm I'm launching a brand new, launched a brand new show. Obviously your, your, uh, episode, uh, number three, which is great. And I appreciate the time for you, you making it today. Cause I know you're a busy college kid and, <laughs> and all the rest of it. But when I was laying out the premise for this show about people who do people who did and people who will, you're one of the first people that I thought of specifically for the will section because of, you know, the journey that you've been on thus far, um, and then, but where you're going to go, because the future is extremely bright for you. Uh, mm-hmm. So this was exciting that I, I was able to, uh, to to lock you in here and, and, get, you on the, <laughs> and get you on the show. And a little, uh, you know, you were a neighbor before, uh, you're, you're off along the way. And, and, uh, and so it's, it's just great to, to, to watch you, you know, rise to, to where you are now. So. Anyways, uh, mm-hmm. Do Did Will, the Story of People podcast uh, has launched. Uh, we're episode three. My guest this week, Ariana Hunsecker. Uh, you have a hell of a story, and I can't wait to talk about it and dive into it today. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to just get right into it uh, because this is the fun part. Um, Ariana, what do you do? <laughs> well, I am a para swimmer, not quite Paralympic yet. That's my goal. We will get into that. But um, yeah, I am a para athlete. And this journey for me started about when I was 12 years old. I actually hated the concept of like swimming in general. I was like, I think I was just like a really lazy child and swimming seemed really hard. But um, I actually have a friend who has an impairment. Um, I should get into that first of all. I was born with dysmalia. Um, I have fingers missing on my left hand. Um, and so that is the Im- impairment that I compete under. Um, and so I actually had a friend who also has a physical impairment like me. And she also swims. And one day she encouraged me to get into it. And within my first year, I excelled really, really fast. It was definitely the sport I was meant to be in. And I just found such a passion for it. And yeah there's just so many things that uh, I found along the way that I loved and eventually I climbed the ladder high enough to start competing nationally and internationally and in 2019 that photo there is um, me when I swam at the 2019 Para Pan American Games that was my first national team debut where um, I made my first national team and there I came home with five bronze medals for Canada which is really sweet um, that's still to this day one of my biggest events and uh, inspirations. But yeah, so I am just continuing on the path of swimming and I'm still in it. I'm still very early in my career. So you haven't seen me yet, but <laughs> yeah. So it's very, exci- it's very exciting. Both my kids were in competitive swim um, in the Langley Olympian Swim Club for a long time. Uh, and they oh, would wow. still be in it if scheduling wasn't such a pain in the butt uh, for them. It's become <laughs> extremely popular. 
now because as kids growing up it's 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 you take swimming lessons and you do this you know you yeah do that. and i don't think a lot of it's a lot 5 a.m practices that are hard <laughs> oh you know and i don't think a lot of people think about about it going to you know or, or what competitive swim means and mm -hmm. i remember they were they got invited out as a as a guest and the the, the coaches said well they they have to stop taking lessons because we're going to teach them a different way and we're going to teach them how to, you know, be strong in the pool. And I didn't know what that meant until I started watching it and then got <laughs> ingrained in the competitive swim world. And it was mm -hmm. fascinating to me. So, uh, it, because it's just so at competitive, but it's also an independent sport as well. And you're competing against yourself a lot and a lot of personal bests and going after it. Mm -hmm. uh, but you, I'm seeing that you didn't really get into the swimming side of it until you're around 12 years old, which seems yeah. a little late. That seems a little late to me. Is that because of, you know, the, your situation that you were in or you just you didn't think about swimming at that point? Or how did that, you know, how did that come together? Well, I actually did a lot of other sports for swimming. Like swimming was never like something that I thought of. Like it wasn't a sport that I was necessarily guided towards because, well, I don't know, I'm like a big hockey family, so like I'm sure most yeah. Canadians are, but um, I did like a few other sports that I just ended up really, really sucking at. Like I did figure skating, which did not go well. Um, and right before swimming, I was actually a diver. So another like water type sport, but right. I was very much not good at that at all either. But um, during this whole time, I was in different sports, but I was also in swimming lessons and swimming lessons is where like I excelled so this is why like for those years prior to me actually joining competitive my like mom would always say like you're really good at swimming why don't you try swimming and like I said I just was never into it like I was just into my other sports and then when I finally made the jump to swimming that's when it actually started for me but it took a while but I was always always a good swimmer <laughs> um there they're definitely in in that space as well and I I guess my, we'll get into that when we get into the, how did you get, you know, how did, you know, how did you do it? Um, <laughs> but you could, you compete right now as a para swimmer mm -hmm. and you were very specific in that you're not uh, an Olympic, like a Paralympian just yet. Um, mm -hmm. So question to you about that, as far as um, currently a para swimmer, mm -hmm. can you define, define that? How, how broad of a, of a base of that, how broad of competition is that? Like how, you know, how many people are involved in, in, yeah. in, in para swimming? So the cool thing about para swimming and any para sport in general is there's different levels of impairment. So for me, I would be what you would consider in simplest terms, like least impaired, um, because I simply swim with my like dysmalia of my left hand. Um, but there's all sorts of levels. There could be people who are like in wheelchairs, people who have cerebral palsy there's a variety of different abilities and we get put into different classifications so I swim under what you would call the S10 classification um, so the range of physical impairments goes from S1 to S10 so on that range obviously I would be the highest um, and then there's also visually impaired and intellectually impaired which is a whole other system but pretty much the whole basis of that is um, when I'm competing, let's say at the Paralympic Games, I'll be competing against people who are also S10s. And that doesn't mean they have like the same hand as me. It could mean they have like part of their leg missing. It could mean, like I just said, they have cerebral palsy. There's like a wide variety of disabilities and you get put into a class that you compete in. And so 
when I'm at the highest level of competing, like let's say I went to Worlds this past year and like I just said, the Paralympics, I'd be competing only with people in my impairment for medals and all that kind of stuff. But um, like if I'm competing, let's say in Canada, I compete against everyone of all disabilities and we make that fair through a point system, um, which is I think based around world records. So I could obviously touch the wall before someone who is like an S5 but I may not beat them because if they scored more points than me. So it kind of depends on which level of competition you're at. I'd say the lower level competitions with like a less range of field, you compete against everyone and use, use the point system. But when you're at the highest level, like you have a bigger depth of field. So there's a lot of people that you compete against in your own category, if that makes enough sense. Yeah. And where do you, well, and it sounds fair. It's, it definitely sounds fair. And there, uh, so where do you spend most of your time, uh, focused on for your training and competing then like what you know knowing that and knowing that point system exists and to, where do you have to focus your efforts then mm -hmm. it actually quite doesn't matter at all for your training um until uh october of 2021 i compete i train sorry with um people who are able-bodied swimmers um so i didn't even train with anyone who has also had any kind of impairment for the longest time um, and that was fine when I was younger and it doesn't really matter even now, like now I'm at the national center for, um, swimming in Quebec, uh, for paraswimmers. And so we have a variety of different people, with dis different disabilities, but when you train at a center, your workouts and your everything is individualized anyway. And I'm sure we'll get more into the training regime and stuff, but it, it doesn't really matter for your training. Um, you basically train like with yourself for yourself so whether i was training with someone with or without an impairment i would get the same value yeah yeah well it's i mean three mine were in three days a week and that was you know they were drag, <laughs> dragging their heels at that point oh, yeah. uh so i mean how much are you training i mean you must be in the pool every day now but how much are you, what's a typical schedule for you well, um, it can shift a bit, but currently my training schedule is seven times in the water and four times in the gym. Uh, so I usually do, it depends on the day. Like right now, since I do sprint events, I do a heavier gym and less swimming. But most oh. of my fellow teammates do eight swims. And that's what I was doing up until, and let's say maybe like two months ago. But yeah, right now I get Sundays off. So lucky me. But, oh, you're, um, spending, it, you're spending it here. <laughs> so nice of you yeah thank, thank you <laughs> but other than that i usually train like like i said that's what seven eight nine eleven times so that's doubles and i do triples on thursdays so it's a really heavy training schedule for sure well you're going for it though right so i mean yeah. you have to put the time in it's the old ten thousand hours rule which i'm sure you've exceeded mm -hmm. but you've got to <laughs> you got to put the ten thousand hours in to be an expert in your field and and to, to be that 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 place um Okay, so um, so we know what you do, but how did you do it, <laughs> Ariana? How did well, you the, do it? Well, the training training was a good start. Um, I spent countless, countless, countless hours in the pool. Um, and you mentioned that your kids were in club swimming, um, and those were some very early morning days. I will, will say, um, when you're in like the high school age, you swim with a general club and that's what I swam with up until like I just previously mentioned October of 2021. I trained uh, just locally at a club in Surrey. Um, and those were um, those were a little bit more difficult because we were 515 on deck in the morning for training. 
and that's in the middle of like high school and having all those classes and stuff so I used to get up at five four times a week and I should also give a shout out to my mom for driving me to most of those practices um that's probably maybe been worse for her but the early mornings those were definitely a bit of a grind but I'm really lucky now that I train her I now train my morning mornings are like eight to ten now which is like drastically different than five it's still mm-hmm. early considering I'm up at like 6.15, but like nowhere near being up at 4.30. So a lot of early mornings, like I said, a huge training school. I basically commit most of my life to training because even when I'm not in the water, I'm not at the gym, um, I'm recovering, I'm like practicing good nutrition. Uh, there's just, there's so many things that go into this, not to mention even traveling. I spend a lot of time traveling for training and for competition. So my life basically eat um like eat sleeps and breathe swimming <laughs> if that makes sense with a little bit of extra on the side um i'm also in school as well university now i'm taking finance uh yeah <laughs> you could be your own agent <laughs> you know um so in that that in the training side of it and taking mm-hmm. it back just a little bit to you in lessons and you you took the lessons and you were you know you're finding that you were you were uh, doing real well. At what point did yeah. you did you say, "Wait a minute, I think I can do this and compete"? You know, like w- at what mm-hmm. point were you like, "I think I'm good at this. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna do good at this." Yeah. Um. I mean, it was actually in my very first year or something. Um. I excelled so fast. That one of the provincial like coaches like actually came up to me and got me into um, the system right away to start competing like provincially and even nationally. And I remember within that first year, I actually won rookie of the year, which is like mm-hmm. an award for like an, our entire club, like not just for Paris swimmers or anything. Um, it was our whole club. Like I had improved the most in my times in the period of a year. And, and yeah, so I got my name on this like huge plaque. It was kind of cool. And that was kind of the moment where I'm like, wow, like look how much I improved in a year. Like this is the first sport that I've actually been good at and like drastically. And so ever since like that first year, I really like felt that I had the motivation to continue and just seeing my growth is enough to make me want to do it more. And then obviously from there, like it just excelled like tenfold. I went from like provincials that year to nationals the next year to going international pretty soon after that. That's pretty, that's, that's fast. That's fast. And where your, where your coaches, they must've recognized it. And we're like, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, go, 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 go. And you know, they come to your parent, they come to your parents, you know, they're, you know, they're like, mm-hmm. you've got to, she's got to go seven days a week. She's going to, she's going to make it. Or it's, it, we see some yeah. major potential in there like anything else. Mm-hmm. Right. That's gotta be a great feeling, yeah. especially when you're winning. And I was very fortunate so. to, to have like good coaches who, knew that I had potential because my coaches actually had coached Paralympians before. So they actually like recognized obviously that I had a disability that would qualify for para-swimming and to push me towards that and to push my training. Uh, So I was very fortunate to swim with the club that I did when I was younger, because that was definitely a huge part in how I got scouted so quickly. Here's a a graphic of you, you know, 2016, uh, you had six Mm -hmm. personal bests and you came back, (laughs) uh, you know, at the the BC summer Games. So, uh, that must've been a a really great feeling winning your first medal in that regard, you know, we're taking all the train, like all the training, all the rest of it. Uh, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm assuming and guessing that you're not letting, um, 
you know, your situation, <laughs> your situation, um, uh, hinder you in any way that you're going to, you're plowing mm -hmm. ahead and, and, and away you go. Right. So, but that just adds <laughs> a level of, yeah of, uh, reward to all the yeah, hard winning definitely feels so <laughs> those always mean a lot uh that that picture that you just showed was me uh 2016 bc games so that 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 feels like so long ago now but sure. yeah those, i think those are my first i guess like i guess you could call them major medals because for me in that moment being a little young ariana it felt pretty major so uh Absolutely. that's definitely a point where like you're pushing towards the next level of medals which would have been the following year canada games winning more medals so yeah. yeah, it's definitely rewarding. Did you, uh, I won't stay too much time on the subject, but I mean, how did the last couple of years affect your training and overall um, ability to maintain and keep going through COVID and all the rest of it? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, um, COVID definitely had a rough patch for every single athlete. So, I mean, I can't complain too much because everybody had hardships during this time. And um, I was out of the water, I think, for three to four months, like out of an actual pool. But um, I actually swam in oceans and in lakes. So I'm from Surrey. So I literally swam, if you know where this is, I, I swam at Crescent Beach in like March. And March isn't warm, so the no. ocean was very cold. <laughs> but that's how committed I was to my grind, because um, you got to think, COVID happened in 2020, and this is when um, I was aiming to go to the Tokyo Games. So I was very motivated to keep training. So I was literally training in oceans with jellyfish in the cold. So, um, yeah, there's definitely that kind of hardship. And then eventually we did go back into the pool in July. And then that year, unfortunately, I did not get to go to the Tokyo Games, um, which is obvious because I'm not a Par Tokyo Paralympian. Um, and those are for reasons outside of anyone's control. They never hosted a trials for Tokyo. So they took the team who went to Worlds in 2019, and I was not on that team. So unfortunately, there's a lot of, lot of upsets about this, but a lot of the up-and-comers never got a shot to try out for Tokyo. So I basically just had all that training, just like, sorry, like, we can't do anything for you. Like I never got the chance to show that. So that was the biggest hardship for me in COVID was never getting the chance to try out for Tokyo because I had a shot at making the team and I just, I never got to, never got to show that. So that how was you, my biggest. How do, come, how do you come through it? Well, it took me a while to accept it. I know for the first month after everyone was really bitter, but for me, I know that I was I was still so young. I think I would have been like 18 at the games. I was 17 when this all went down. So I was like, I am so young. Like I have so much time ahead of me. And then when the actual Tokyo Games happened, it was only it's only three years to Paris at that point because yeah. the games ended up happening in 2021. So for me, it was like, okay, it's only three years. And think about how much stronger you're going to be in three years because you're only getting older. Like, I was still so young. Like, I'm only just hitting the age where I can start to put on muscle and I can start to actually hit a good point in my career. So once I accepted that Tokyo wasn't going to happen, 
I had to accept that that wasn't the worst thing in the world because then when my time finally did come to make the next games, that I would be that much stronger. Because if I had gone to Tokyo, I probably would have been dead last, like facing the reality just because of how young I was and how like, you know, I wasn't as fast as I am right now, let's say. So, um, I mean, I, I like to think of it as an opportunity to just show up to Paris and just kick everyone's ass, hopefully, yeah. instead, yeah. Of, <laughs> instead of being, you know, the last one in on the, at Tokyo. So that's kind of the mindset that I had to switch to. <laughs> Was there a spot? Oh, a bit of an echo there in your world. I'm not sure what's going oh, on. I think yeah, you might have to pause that or pause your thing or uh, mute your thing there. My apologies. But um, was there a spot out of COVID mm-hmm. and all the rest of it where you're like, I I think I'm done. Like I think I just I don't know if I can I can do this. I don't know if I can, yeah. if I can, you know, and that must've been disheartening, obviously to have that happen. But, um, did mm-hmm. you, I like your optimism. I like the, let's look ahead. It's only three years, but was there a spot mm-hmm. there where it was like, maybe that's it? Yeah. I mean, I never, never came to the conclusion that my career was at an end because of that, because Tokyo was always going to be a stepping stone for me. Um, that was always the goal of my coaches. It was always going to be for the experience. Um, I was actually like me being a part of the national team, like the recruitment team was me being a part of the team where they wanted us to go to Tokyo for the experience, but go to Paris to medal. So that was always my goal ever since like, let's say 2019 when my first like international debut, it was always the goal to make Tokyo for the experience and then Paris. So like, it was never for me, like, it was never like, oh, if I don't make Tokyo, like that's the end of the world, I'm going to stop. So it, it was obviously like a bit of a like dark period, just mentally, just knowing that this wasn't experience wasn't going to happen. But it it was never the end of the world for me because I knew that that wasn't the goal. So I had a bit of a positive light on that too. In that journey, and the, the what you've kind of been going through, tell me about this young lady here. Yeah, that that was an inspiration or to to you or a mentor, correct? What's her name? Yeah, so uh, her name is Aurelie Rivard. Um, She was a huge mentor for me when I was younger because we have the exact same disability. Like you look at her hand there, my hand is the same. (laughs) And also because she swims pretty much the same events that I swim. So um, that was always someone I like looked up to when I was younger being like, wow, she's a Paralympian. I want to be a Paralympian one day. Um, and it, it's a kind of a quick crazy switch because she went from like a huge mentor for me for someone that like I now compete with and for someone that like I see myself like on the same not quite the same level because she's accomplished like great things but somewhere where I hope to be one day and somewhere where I'm actually like seeing myself now so yeah that's pretty that's pretty cool for me uh do you sp- I mean you compete against her now do you speak to her still like the do you guys or is it kind of full-on competition yeah. now <laughs> no we're still we're, we're still teammates like at the end of the day we're all like competing for yeah. canada and she's still winning all her medals and stuff so i'm just trying to creep up the ladder and slowly make my way towards the level that she's at uh like at the past worlds um i placed sixth place um at my best event which is 50 meter freestyle and she still places first, but it's better than me not even being on the charts at all. So I'm, I'm working my way up there. Like I now swim sure. in finals with her, which is kind of a, it's a big deal, but yeah, it's different now. 
can you uh, uh, redefine what's the the name of your ailment? What's the name of uh, of this uh, of this condition? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I define it's called dysmalia. It just basically dysmalia. means it's congenital impairment from birth. So me, me and Orly, we were both just born like that. We were born missing fingers, part of our hand. So I just use the term dysmalia. Yeah, and mm -hmm. you. Obviously, uh, you you know you, you grow up with it, so you don't know any different. But um, uh, what's that? What's that? What's that been like in the world? You know, adjusting mm -hmm. to 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 the to this, and how do you? I mean, obviously, you're right-handed, and and all the rest of it, and you have to and do everything. But what? How, mm -hmm. how has that been as an adjustment in life? I mean, anyone with a disability, you have to overcome barriers of all kinds, and for me, it was always an adaptation. Um, like there's nothing I, I'd say I can't do. Like I've just had to learn, like I've had to do a little bit extra to figure out how to do something in the way that someone else with two hands can't. Like when I was younger, like I always used to be devastated that I couldn't do the monkey bars, <laughs> but, um, I actually got a prosthesis exactly for that with like, it was like a hook device. So I actually could do the monkey bar bars, but it turns out the issue wasn't my hand. It was just that I wasn't strong enough. So <laughs> there's that. I mean, there's there's little things in life and there's always, you know, being different in any kind of way is going to be a challenge to overcome. And one thing that I wish like I knew when I was younger was to be more confident in myself because I used to be ashamed of my hand. I used to try to hide it. I used to always wear the long sleeves, put my hand in my pocket. And that's something that I've had to overcome is probably the biggest thing is confidence just because as humans, you're always like someone judging you. And sure. that was one of my biggest fears. <laughs> so, I mean, I just had to, my biggest challenge, I wouldn't say will be overcoming physical like adaptations, but more of like the a confidence thing for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like you've, you know, you've worked at it obviously. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I think um, working hard at, at uh, what you love with, with swimming and competing and winning medals and that just keeps building and building confidence and um mm -hmm. you know and it and it's just it's it just kind of keeps adding to the story right yeah it just keeps adding to the story <laughs> which you know which takes us to this um you know final part of this um which is what will you do next mm -hmm. you dabbled in it a little bit you missed <laughs> the olympics but mm -hmm. you're gearing towards it so ariana what will you do next? <laughs> well, so I I think I just mentioned I went to Worlds last year and that was my first senior international team. That was my first time competing against the best of the best, really. Um, and so there's actually another World Championships this year in 2023. And my goal is to make that team and maybe even have my eyes set on a top three position. Um, you never know, but my goal, my big goal is to make the team improve my times and see where that lands me. Um, and then obviously my big goal is making Paris 2024, which is the next Paralympic games. And I should mention, I actually just recently qualified, like I got my qualifying times for Paris, which is super cool because I never really had, I was on the cusp of those times for Tokyo, but it's kind of cool because I've now like solidified two qualifying times for Paris, which means that for the qualifying event, like if I swam those times again, which I plan to, if not faster, I would make the team, which is pretty cool. So that's my, um, that's my like next biggest goal. Like eyes are on Paris now, like Tokyo's in the past. Mm -hmm. So, and then, yeah. <laughs> that's 
That's amazing. And you've, you've battled through that, which has been mm -hmm. awesome. And so the first goal here is to make the world championship. The second goal yeah. is to make the Olympics. So yeah. I got somebody, I got somebody standing, standing by <laughs> the, uh, the, the Paralympics. Yeah. I got somebody standing by who has an incredible story, who is an Olympian, mm -hmm. who had to battle through diversity, uh, suffered a great deal of injury and all the rest of it. Uh, and came through the other side and made the Olympics again. And she wanted to stop mm -hmm. by and say hello, hello. Okay. So I wanted to welcome to the This is Mercedes Nickel. Hi, how are you? Hi, <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Sorry, I'm just uh, cooking dinner for my mom who just got a hip surge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mercedes is coming to us from Whistler, all the way up in Whistler. And uh and oh, Ariana wow. is uh, Ariana's in 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 Quebec, but she's uh, she's a she's a Surrey kid. That's why you missed the part where she swam in the <laughs> swam and Surrey trained kid. in yeah swam and trained in the ocean uh, during COVID. So uh, I thought that was a, a hell of a story. Yep. Swim amongst the jellyfish, but I wanted to bring Mercedes in because Mercedes been <laughs> the four Olympics is one of the greatest stories in the history of sports. And uh, I just wanted to introduce the two of you and say hello. So Mercedes, meet Ariana, I'm, and. Uh, and and welcome to do did will friend <laughs> i'm so excited to follow the rest of your journey um i just caught how you were that can be like the hardest part so i wish you the best of luck mm -hmm. and uh i know you'll, you'll i found it one of the most challenging times of my life so it's qualifying for it's are probably mm -hmm. no different yeah you know, that's super cool. It's super inspiring always talking to people who've been to multiple games um, because it is quite an experience and each cycle is totally different too. You have to completely like regroup to make the next one. So super impressive that you did four. Like that's insane. Congrats. <laughs> I don't recommend it. I only did it because I was injured <laughs> and I needed redemption and I came back. But yeah, you know, it's a lot of life. Well, and, good for you. Yeah, and <laughs> it's, it's, to uh, understand how difficult it is to actually get to the game. So congrats, mm. and you're going to hopefully be in. Thank you. That's amazing. Mercedes, awesome. I know you're cooking, and, nice and, uh, and I appreciate appreciate the time. And Mercedes got a great podcast, too, called Dropping In. Uh, you'll love that, too. So uh, she speaks to Olympians and future Olympians as well. So hey, yo. Totally. totally. <laughs> Thanks, Mercedes. Good Take night. care. Bye. Nice to meet you. <laughs> she's an old That's friend. That's so cool. Yeah, she's great. She's a she's a super inspiration. You got to check out her story. She absolutely. Uh, yeah. She did four it. games is crazy. Who... That's so impressive. But to make that the, the the most impressive one to me, I mean, obviously you make your first games, and mm -hmm. you go through the process. But that fourth game, yeah, she got she got really really injured on the third games. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and she was able to battle back and make the team for the fourth one. So I I love her Amazing. story and uh, and she's wonderful. So uh, yeah, hopefully she'll uh, you can read uh, and listen to her story, and it'll mm -hmm. help you uh, with your journey along the way because uh, mm -hmm. she trains extremely hard and uh, yeah, <laughs> it was it was there. So um, uh, we'll wrap up here in a minute, but I I definitely. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, to make the Olympics and all the rest of it, but is there uh, your future? What have you thought about outside of that? And I'm not, I'm not taking away from making the team or not making the team. Do you have grander plans as far as traveling the world? Do you have grander plans, you know, uh, career wise, <laughs> uh, coaching, anything like that, or just public speaking and inspiring young kids around the world? What's, what's, what do you think? What do you think you want to do? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't have a plan as so far in like the broad future because I also say that I'd probably want to go to the 2028 games as well. Like, yeah. I don't think that's off my radar. So I that's like already years away. So we'll see. Um, like, I'm currently in my first year of school in finance just to like play around with kind of, you know, what I want to do in my future. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now. But currently, I do love um, doing this kind of like speaking and inspiring people. Uh, I do love to be a representation of persons with disabilities <clears throat> because I feel like representation is so important. And I think it's important that people recognize the Paralympics as much as they do the Olympics. So that's something I'm hugely passionate on. And I hope like the more I can um, do in my swimming career, that that can like, I can use that and I can use that image to promote the Paralympics and para-athletes and people with disabilities because I think that's super important. And that's something that I'm very passionate about. So I see myself doing a lot more of that. Um, like I do a lot of public speaking, advocating for that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, you sound extremely inspirational already, Ariana. And I, uh, <laughs> I, I loved your story. And I said the will part of this show, the do did will, the will part of this yeah. show, you're the first person I thought about for this show, <laughs> for, for the will part, because um I, I really think that uh, you're going to change lives here. I really think <laughs> that you that you are going to um, make this country proud on top of all the, the your accomplishments already. But I just want to mm -hmm. wish you all the best in your career. And, I, and uh, as, as uh, Mercedes says, she's going to follow along as well. Yeah. So um, all the best to you in that regard. Um, and you. last question, last question for you uh, on this whole thing is what's your favorite memory so far of this journey that you've taken? My favorite memory. Oh my gosh, that's so hard because there are so many. Um, like I say my favorite memories come from anytime I travel, um, getting to travel and like see the world. Like I've been to so many different places like Poland, Italy, Spain, um, Portugal, like just places that you wouldn't even dream of going in your like lifetime I've been to in like the past couple of years. Um, so my memories are always coming from traveling the world. Um, but I guess I'd still have to say my biggest like memory would still be winning my first medal at the Para Pan Am Games in 2019, because I don't think anything compares to the feeling of being on a podium on like an international stage in like any kind of huge games and just seeing that you've won a medal for your country, like the joy that comes from that and like seeing like the people supporting you. So there's no greater memory than representing Canada. So I just, I love, I love to compete for my country. And I think those will be my favorite memories moving forward. So watch out for me on a podium sometime in the next few years. We'll be watching and cheering extremely loud. So that's great. Ariana, I, I appreciate you making the time today. You can follow her at ariana.hunsicker on uh, Instagram and uh, hopefully on on everything soon because she's <laughs> blowing up around the world all the best to you in school all the best to you in your training i'll be uh watching very closely to see uh how you make out with uh, your journey here to uh, the world championships and eventually into paris which would be amazing yeah. to see and uh, a great accomplishment for you and um yeah all the best to you so stick around for just one minute uh, mm -hmm. and uh and uh just great stuff Marina. thank you thank you <laughs> thank so much. you that's Ariana Hunsicker. She uh, has got an incredible, incredible future ahead of her. Uh, I couldn't, uh, uh, I just can't thank her enough for stopping by. Make sure 
you follow her on all the things because we're getting her right at the beginning of this journey here. We're getting her right at, well, I mean, it's the beginning of a journey she's been on for a very, very, very long time, but it's the beginning of the journey that we get to watch, which is her trying to make the Olympics. And she's got a massive cheerleader over here uh, with myself. So uh, Ariana.Hunsicker is where you can follow her. Uh, this is the Do Did Will, the story of people podcast for another week. Uh, please like, follow, you know, give a little rating if you would on uh, all the rating places. If you like the show, I'd certainly enjoy uh, uh, hearing from you and uh, and keep tuning in every week because we're going to keep having inspirational stories like this from people that do, that did, and will. It's the Do Did Will podcast, the story of people podcast for another week. Thanks, everybody. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.